Once upon a time, once upon a time, there was a chair that had your name on it here at this church. Before you got here, you didn't know your name was on the chair. We didn't know your name was on the chair. The chair didn't know your name was on the chair. But God knew your name was on the chair. And he was drawing you. He was sending people across your path, family and friends, to get you to come to your chair here at Victory. He was causing you to drive past this parking lot, this building, and every time you drove past, there was some sort of draw to come into these doors and see what this was all about, find out what this spirit-filled church was all about. And, and you would hear about it. You'd get invited, and, and you would kind of like push it away, and I don't want to go there. There was a time when church was the furthest thing from your mind. Victory was the furthest thing from your mind. You were like, uh-uh, not going there. And, and then somebody started bribing you. They were like, hey, if you come, we'll take you to lunch afterwards. If you come, you might meet your wife here. If you come, your kids are going to love it. And so they, they got your kids in on it. Your kids were like, please bring us, please bring us. And, and they heard there was a shark in the fish tank in the back. And so that was like the selling point. All right, let's go see the shark. Let's go see the fish tank. And let's go see what this church is about. And so you came. And you found your chair here at Victory. And you walked in, you were, you were already kind of ready to rule this church out. You, you had five reasons of why you weren't going to come to victory. You were like, it's too big, it's too busy, it's a mega church, no one's going to notice me. And, and surprisingly, someone noticed you. <laughs> surprisingly, when you drove up, you saw some people in the parking lot that were waving at you. And people here were kind of friendly. And this was different, different than maybe what you experienced when you walked in. The front rows filled up faster than the back rows. And that was different from the churches you grew up in. And a little bit of laughter from the Southern Baptists in the room. <laughs> and and, and you, you saw people excited about God and excited to worship. And, and then this music started, and it was different than the worship you grew up with. And then you looked to the left, and somebody had a question during worship. And you saw another person who had, like, two questions. And they were excited about their question. And you were trying to figure out, why does everybody have a question in this room during this music? And, and you realize this is different. There is something different about this room, something different about this church, something different about this place. And, and then uh, the, the, you were looking around, and you are trying to figure out, how does this thing pay for itself? Because this is a big place, and they've invested with a carousel room for kids and a jungle gym back there. And how does this thing take care of itself? And then the offering buckets went by, and you looked in the bucket, and there was like a $5 bill and a piece of gum. And you're like, it ain't happening in there. And you're trying to figure out, how does this happen? What, what, what helps this place run? And you're wondering, you know, how long is this is going to last, and then you realize it was shorter than a movie, and you sort of enjoyed it, and there was this young guy up there with crazy hair, and he was really passionate about what he was talking about, and something that was, that was happening in your heart, only God could do, only the Holy Spirit could do, was drawing you to be here, and that's why you're here, some of you. There's, a, there's another group of you here that uh, you came all in, like you had been watching this church on TV. You grew up watching Billy Joe Doherty. You grew up listening to the radio messages and your parents listened to the messages. You knew all this stuff and you couldn't wait to get here. You were a Bible-toting, scripture-quoting, Jordan River-floating Christian. You were ready to get all into this place. You were like, sign me up. I'm a victory person. You're here. And you're an insider. And some of you guys who've been coming here now, you kind of feel like, okay, I'm part of the group. I'm part of the team. And I want to talk to you this morning. For those of you who are kind of new and you sort of feel like outsiders and you're new to this, you're, you're new to this experience, you're wondering what's this about, 
today's the day for you to lean in and be like, these Christians need to hear what he's talking about. Because if you're not a Christian, this is still for you, and we're glad you're here. In fact, if you're seeking and searching for the truth, you're in the right place. Because I think today, you're going to have an encounter with God's word, and you're going to experience a truth message. Because God has a plan for every person who comes to his church. The church is God's big idea. The church is not man's idea. The church was Jesus' idea. And he didn't just plan on us coming and finding the seat with our name on it and loving our seat. And some of y'all love your seat so much that when you walk in and someone's sitting in your seat, you're like, excuse me, that is my seat. I sit in that seat, come on, every week. I love that seat. Some of y'all love your seats, and that's great. That's great. And your kids, they love their seats upstairs. Your kids, they grew to love this place. They love church. They were like, Mom, Dad, we want to come here every week. And there was a time when you didn't want to come here every week, but now that they want to come here every week, and you, you felt like maybe you were losing out on some of your football watching time or golf watching time or whatever you did on Sunday mornings, but now you kind of like it because it's a family thing, and you're here, and you're around people of faith, and you're in an atmosphere where there's just just this electricity you can't explain. It's the Holy Spirit, and he's moving in your life, and things are changing in your attitude, in your heart, in your marriage. But here's the thing. Here's what I want to say to all of you that are here. Just like you're sitting in a chair like this that had your name on it before you got here, someone else is coming who's not here yet, whose name is on one of the chairs near you. It's invisible. We don't see their name. We don't know who they are, but we know they're coming. They're coming. We see them coming. We hear about them coming. And we know by faith, there are many that are coming here that aren't here yet. And there's someone just like you who's been hearing about victory. They've been invited. Their friends and family have been invited. And, and they're going to come here. And in, and in fact, some of you accidentally invited someone to church. You didn't even mean to. You were kind of talking and someone was like, where do you go to church? And you're like, uh, victory. And they were like, can I come with you? And you're like, Sure. And you were kind of scared to invite him a little bit because you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then you came here and you saw church through a totally different lens with your new guest. You were like, oh my gosh, God, please help Paul not to screw this up. Please help the worship team not to do anything embarrassing. Come on, I know some of you guys have thought that before because I've thought that before when I invited my friends. I remember one time I invited a friend and the whole time I was so nervous. I was like, what's he going to think of this church? I was like, God. And you know, here's the crazy thing. The people you invited, you might be one of the people that got invited that's here today. You didn't hate it. You weren't like, I hate this place. You're like, it's, I like it. It's okay, you know? It's, it's different. It's, it's unique. It's different than the other churches I've been to. There's something about this place that God's drawing me to. And this is what we want to talk to you about today because the crazy thing is God has a plan for all of us in the room who are sitting in a chair to be part of his local church. And I want to give you three things you can do today that will help advance God's church onward and upward into who he's called us to be. And I'm telling you this right now, when the world gets darker, God's gonna cause the church to shine brighter. And you know what, we're a team. It takes all of us in this room who are sitting in our chairs, recognizing and realizing I've got a part to play on this team. So what could we do that would help advance God's church onward? Everybody say onward. God has an onward plan for this church, for victory, and all the local churches around the world. The local church is God's vehicle of bringing hope into the world. It is a team thing. God's not just going to work through one evangelist, one preacher, one TV guy. He's working through a church. 
And it's starting here in Tulsa. And I'm so thankful to be in a church that's reaching local and global through the Dream Center, through the Bible College, through the missionaries, all of that. And so this morning, I want to give you three things you can do personally to be part of God's onward plan for the church. Number one, and this is, this is really simple, but it's going to change our church. Commit to a plan to financially support your church. Commit to a plan to support your church financially. You say, well, that sounds kind of kind of non-biblical. <laughs> yeah, right. That, that was Jesus' whole plan. The church cannot move onward unless it has the finances to do it. You are sitting in a place that was provided for by other people who stepped up and committed to a plan to support their church financially. Here's the amazing thing. Did you know that statistics show 30% of the church actually financially supports the church? The other 70% don't give. Or if they give, it's a sporadic thing. It's kind of like once a year, once every five months. And when it is, it's kind of, it's not really a tithe or a plan. It's just kind of like what, whatever leftovers I have in, at the end of the quarter, at the end of the year. And I want to challenge us because Jesus talks about giving. And in fact, Jesus told his disciples, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to give everything up. Like mom, dad, house, brothers, sisters, job, money, all of it. Jesus wasn't just in for like a portion of giving. And, and here's what he was saying. He wasn't saying you can't have a job or you can't have family, you can't have friends. He was saying if those things have you at the expense that you can't even sow a dollar into my kingdom, then something's got to change. If your job is so tight and pressuring you that you can't even sow a dollar a week or five dollars a week, or a percentage, and that's what I'm asking you to do, is to consider a plan of giving this year. This school year, consider making a plan that I'm gonna give. What are we giving towards? Well, I want you to turn with me to Isaiah 58, verse six, because this has been a theme of our, our church. This scripture has resonated in our church of what we do with your finances. When you give, here's what we're gonna do. God called us as a church not just to fast, not just to, you know, do a fast and just to pray as a church and stay inside the walls of our church and take care of what we're doing here. God called us to do this as a church. He said, isn't the fast that I've chosen for you to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens on people's lives, to let the oppressed go free, and that you would break every yoke. We're a church that believes that God can deliver you from addictions. We're a church that believes that God wants to set you free from, from strongholds in your life, from generational curses. And then he goes on to say this. He says, Here, here's what I want you to do, church. I want you to share your bread with the hungry. Did you know this summer we were able to feed 30,000 people in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Just in Tulsa. That's not including what we do on a monthly basis around the world. In Tulsa. We were able to share bread with people, boys and girls, families. Every week, we give groceries out in, in North Tulsa at the Dream Center. Every week. How do we do it? By your generosity. Every week in South Tulsa at our food distribution center, right behind Victory Bible College building on 81st in Delaware, we're giving groceries out to families in need. We're sharing food with the hungry. Did you know this summer? Yeah, praise God. That's not... To our glory, that's to God's glory. That's God, that's the church's calling. When we commit to a plan to find, and Ashley and I, we made a decision. In fact, my parents taught me at a young age to tithe. What is tithing? It's 10% of my income. So if I got $10, it's $1. If I got $20, it's $2. I'm still learning how to do math. 
And so I started tithing. And I remember one time I was in college, and I'm going to come back to the scripture, but I want to say this. I was in college, and things were really tight. I had to pay for my books. I had to pay for my mom and dad and I. We were working together to help pay for my college uh, classes and courses. But I remember having saved up all this money that I was going to put towards college and then post-college to I had been driving around a bad car. It was breaking down every month. So I was after college, I was going to put the money towards a better car. And God laid on my heart one Sunday morning to give over and above my tithe. In fact, God said, Paul, I want you to sacrifice. I want you to give everything you have in the bank account. I was like, what? This cannot be God. You know, I was like, God would not ask me to give it all, you know. But it was God. It was the Holy Spirit working in my life. I was 20 years old. I had saved up my whole life savings in that account. And God said, trust me, Paul, trust me. If you'll trust me by sowing into my local church, if you'll trust me by, and here's what Victory was doing at that time. We were finishing, we had finished this room, but we were finishing the kids' room right behind us that, that now is where Victory Kids meets and every week kids are getting saved and filled with the Spirit and healed and taught the Word of God. It's, it's awesome. But we were finishing it over there and there was about $50,000 left to go and I had about $7,000 saved up over 20 years. And um, God said, I want you to give all seven of it away. And I was like, God, that's everything I have. That's, that's my life savings. He said, give it away. I did. In less than 12 months, God gave me over and above what I had saved for 20 years. Over and above. You can never outgive God. You, can ne you say, well, Paul, I'm in college. I got nothing to give. You always got something to give. You always do. And when you trust God with your finances and you say, God, not only do I want to sit in my seat at church, I want to make room for the next person that's coming. I want to challenge you with this statement. Provide for others what others have provided for you. Provide for others what others have provided for you. See, this room is here because someone sacrificed their money for you to sit in your chair. 30% of the church gives. I would love to see the day when 100% of our church is giving. I would love to see the day. And, and I'm not saying that you all have to be at a certain percentage. I think you should work towards 10%, and then once you reach that, what if God stretched you to believe to give 11%, 12%, 13%? How amazing would it be that you could be the, one of the most generous givers in your family, in your workplace, in your college campus? A young guy came up to me a few years ago, and he had just gotten out of college, and this is amazing, because usually it's not the young people that are the big givers. <laughs> but this young guy came up to me, he said, Paul, what vision has God laid on your heart? I said, we'd like, to plant an, we'd like to build an orphanage in Cambodia. He said, done. I said, what do you mean done? He said, how much is it gonna cost? I told him the number. He said, I work for a business. I'm talking to my business, talking to the partners. We got the orphanage. Are you kidding me? What kind of generous person steps up to the plate and says, I wanna be part of what God's putting on your heart? And this is what God's called us to do. Isaiah 58 Verse, uh, where, where were we? Verse seven, he says this. He says, is it not to share your bread with the hungry, bring to your house the poor who are cast out? I'm thankful we're a church of rich and middle class and poor and all people. We bust people in from all over and we're gonna keep doing that. He says, isn't it not to clothe the naked? I'm thankful we've got a clothing drive here as a church where we're giving clothes away every week at the Dream Center. Is it not to cover them and, and not hide yourself from your own flesh here at Victory when you have a need, when you're going against uh, the storm, going through the 
the fire. We want to help you. We want to take care of our own family that are here inside this room. And then he goes on to say this. He says, your light will break forth like the morning. Your healing will spring forth speedily. If you want to know where your healing comes from, start giving out. I remember when my father passed, I became very greedy with my emotions, very greedy with trusting anybody, very greedy with being a giver. I was, I was hurting. And sometimes when we're hurting, we stop giving out. Sometimes when we're going through a storm, we stop being compassionate because we're looking for other people to help us. But I'm telling you, your healing is connected to your compassion. He says this, your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. He says, uh, then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry and he will say, here I am. And if you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and spreading wickedness, speaking wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, your light will dawn in the darkness. Your darkness will be as noonday. Go on to the next verse. He says this, he says, the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul even in the famine and strengthen your bones, you will be like a watered garden in a spring of water whose waters do not fail. When you become a giver, church, watch what he says next, verse 12. He says, those from among you will build the old waste places. You will raise up the foundations of many generations and you will be called the repair of the breach, the restore of streets to dwell in. That's what we do with the finances of this church. We're building families. Someone's coming, and their name is on one of the seats in this room. I see a room full of people. All people need Jesus. There are so many people. There's a husband in this city who's praying that his wife will be open for them to come back to church at Victory. There's kids at home who are watching their addicted father beat their mother, and they're crying to God, saying, God, would you move on daddy's heart to bring us to victory? How do I know that? Because that's a true story in this church. There were kids praying that were riding the buses to victory every week. Their parents weren't coming to church, but their names were on a chair. The kids were praying, God, please get mommy and daddy to come to victory. Please bring them to victory. Please bring them to victory. The day came where they showed up. And sometimes people only give you one shot you got one shot. We got one shot, church. And we're going to step up this year. I want to challenge you to be a giver. Secondly, here's what we can do. Is we can listen for the knots. Listen for the knots in your life. There are knots all around you. I know that sounds crazy, but there's three things we can do as a church. The first one is commit to a plan to support financially. Secondly, listen for the knots. There are people around you who, when they're talking to you, you'll start to hear they're not in church. Secondly, they're not doing well. They're going through a tough time. They've fallen on some tough circumstances, maybe walking through a storm in their marriage, in their family. Maybe it's a college student who's just feeling lonely and, and it's not going well in their life and they need a church. And then lastly, they're not prepared for the season that they're walking into. I remember talking to a young couple who had just had a baby and they didn't know what to do as parents. They, they weren't in a church. They weren't surrounded by people who could talk to them about being a godly parent. And so they said, we gotta get to church to raise our baby in a church. And, and learn about what it means to be a spiritual mother and father. And, and when you're listening to these three knots, it's a trigger response for you to say, really? You should come to my church this Sunday. Really? You're not in church? 
you're, you're not doing well, you're, you're not prepared for that, you should come to my church this Sunday. In fact, at the end of your row, we've got invite cards. We're going to pass them down. I want you to take four or five victory invite cards. When you hear one of these knots, it's a chance for you to invite someone whose name is on a chair in this room, who's going to find their destiny, find their purpose in September. They might come tonight. They might come next weekend. But I want you to pass those invite cards down. Take four or five of them. Take ten of them if you want to. There is someone who's connected to that card. Band, I want you to come up as I get ready to close because here's the deal. One of my friends, Brett Cunningham, he was going to school at Spartan Aeronautics. Any Spartan Aeronautics people in the room? All right, a few of y'all right there. Brett was walking on campus at Spartan. He was going into one of his classes, and there was a victory invite card, little business victory invite card laying on the ground. Someone had written on the victory business card, just do it. Come on, Nike. He lifted up the card. He read, just do it. Looked on the back, saw the address, 7700 South Lewis. Saw the service time. He wasn't in a church. He was going through some tough times with his family. He came to church. And it's amazing because we think, I'm only going to invite someone when, you know, it's a good series. Or when it's Easter or Christmas. Because then it's safe. The productions, you know, it's safe. I don't know, you know, I never know what Paul might do. He might repel in from a ceiling. I don't want to embarrass my guests. (laughs) I know how some of y'all think. Me and Ashley used to be that same way. We used to only invite people to church when we thought it might be a good Sunday. We're like, is this going to be a good one? Okay, now we'll invite them, you know. But here's the crazy thing. I've realized God works in mysterious ways. And that on some of the most strange services that you wouldn't think of inviting someone, it's that service that connects them to their destiny. It's in that service that God speaks to them. I had one guy come up to me after a church service, and he was like, Paul. Man, what you said was so impactful. It changed my life. And he began to tell me. And I was like, I never said that in my entire life. (laughs) I'm like, I've never preached what you just said. And he was like, must have been the Holy Spirit talking while you were talking. I was like, praise God. You never know what someone is going to experience when you invite them to church. Their life could be changed. Their marriage could be changed. Their parents could be changed. There is somebody waiting for you to just invite them to say, really? You should come to my church this Sunday. There's someone in your workplace. There's someone at Walmart, at Quick Trip, that's waiting for you to invite them. Listen for the knots and invite them. And I've got this umbrella up here. And I was thinking when I was at ORU, one day I was walking out of chapel. And and it was pouring down rain. And this one girl, she had an umbrella. And there was a ton of us who didn't have umbrellas. And we were walking out. And she was standing there like this. Had her dress, just enjoying the the umbrella shade. Everyone else was getting soaked. Like we were getting, the rain was coming down. It was soaking us. And and here she is just walking between all of us, enjoying her umbrella. And she looked over at me and she she said, would you like to stand under my umbrella, Ella, Ella? And I was like... (laughs) Those are my old college days. Come on, somebody. And uh, I was like, yeah, that would be awesome because I'm getting soaking wet right now. And so I stood underneath the umbrella and, and other people were around. And I was like, hey, do you think we could share the umbrella with other people? And she was like, yeah, that would probably be nice, wouldn't it? I was like, yeah, maybe, you know. And so we got more people under the umbrella. And then other people came walking out with their umbrellas and they started sharing it with other people. And I realized this, that so many Christians, we have an umbrella. We've got a church. We've got an awesome church. 
Like this church is full of so many incredible families and connect groups and opportunities to get involved and an incredible carousel room and a shark tank and a jungle gym next door. And there's people that are looking for an umbrella. Man, they're standing under the rain. They're getting poured on. They're getting drenched by life's storms. Me and Ashley ran into four people this week who had been invited to victory, which excites me because you guys have been inviting people. Sometimes it takes someone 11 times to be invited before they actually come to church. They said, we've been invited so many times. This was at uh, a store and, and um, Ashley took me shopping for my birthday. And uh, so I said, and Ashley goes, really? You should come to our church. And they're like, we don't have a church. We haven't been going to church. There's people in the city who are agnostic, some who maybe walked away from church, some who have been part of a denomination, maybe Jewish or Catholic, that are looking for a spirit-filled church. They're looking for something fresh and new, maybe someone in your family. And you've got this umbrella and you can share it with them. You can say, hey, there's room for you in our house. There's a chair with your name on it. It's waiting for you. And I wanna challenge you this year to share your umbrella with people around you. You know, I saw a vision of our church being an ark in the last days. Because we're going into last days, like Jesus is coming back soon. And, and our world is going through some intense stuff. While there's praise reports happening, there's also some intense things happening in our world. And I saw God like show me that my dad had a vision when he built this building, that this was gonna be an ark for people who were seeking shelter from the storms that were happening in America. People are gonna come from all over the world to this church. There are names on the chairs in that back section that are yet to be here, that are gonna be here this fall, this winter, this, this Christmas. And we've gotta prepare before winter. We've gotta prepare before Christmas. And so one, how do we prepare? We financially make a decision, I'm gonna support. I got good news for you, church. You're really generous. The 30% of you who give here, you are really generous. The rest of us, let's make a decision. Because here's the deal. The 30% who've decided to make a plan to start giving, we just reached the goal of Victor Bible College Housing Unit being finished. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. We have been waiting for that thing to be finished for like a year and a half. And by, by God's grace and by your generosity, we finished it this last week. And I walked into the dorm room and there were two guys moving in, smiling from ear to ear, holding back the tears, saying, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Victory. I don't know who gave towards this, but thank you. And I know some of you young people and some of you older people and some of you who don't have a ton of money, you sacrificed for that. And I want to say thank you because I know you sowed some sacrificial seeds to help make that happen. And the students that are moving in, whose lives are going to be impacted because of your generosity, people who will be saved, healed, and changed, and they're going to heaven because you decided I'm going to be part of my life local church. I'm going to sow into God's vehicle to bring hope into Tulsa, hope into Cambodia, hope into Dominican Republic, hope into the world. This summer, we were able to build two water wells and four houses for families who didn't have a home. Those two water wells are now helping serve, one water well is helping serve 10,000 people in that vicinity who didn't have clean water and, until Victory stepped up generously and said, we'll, we'll build a water well in Dominican Republic. Oswa is the city. The other neighborhood is able to help almost 10,000 people in that vicinity. 
And church, we can't do that except for those of you who decide, you know what, I'm gonna start giving 5%, 6%, 2%, 10%, 12%. I'm gonna decide to be a giver in my local church. The last thing is this. One, be a giver. Two, be an inviter. Three, be a servant leader. Get involved this year. There is a serve team at this church that's waiting for you. Your name is on the team. They're waiting for you. They've been praying for you to come and serve as an usher, to come serve at Victory Kids up on the third floor, to serve in the nursery where the babies are crying and learning about Jesus, to come serve in the 24-7 youth group as a mentor, as a youth leader. There are teenagers who are 13 and 14 just begging for a mentor. There are young married couples in this church who are looking for an older married couple to reach out and be lead a connect group for young married couples so that they can learn how to do this thing called marriage and how to make it work and how to thrive and not just survive their spouse. There are people in this church who have fallen on tough times financially that are looking for a Dave Ramsey course that some of you people in the room who are smart financially could step up and say, I'll lead a Dave Ramsey financial peace course Thursday nights, Friday nights, whenever I can do it. This is your year to get involved. This is your year to say, you know what? I'm not just going to attend here. I'm going to be part of the team. I'm going to be part of the team. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna invite, and I'm gonna get involved, I'm gonna come with a servant's heart. And so at the end of your row, there's one more card I wanna pass down, it's the We Need Your Help card. We're gonna read it together, and this is a card for you to self-accountable, write down on this self-accountable card to say, okay, I'm gonna be part of the help team this year at my local church. We need your help. Yes, you, all the way in the back, I need your help. Right here on the front, I need your help. Come on, we need your help here at Victory. I'm gonna read this card together. It's a white card with blue writing. It says, we need your help. Everybody take one. It says, as your lead pastors, Ashley and I are fully committed to Jesus and fulfilling his call on our lives. A huge part of God's plan for Victory includes mobilizing you, the church, for his great commission. With that said, we want to invite you to help us reach our community and build God's church this school year. August is kind of a starting point for us. So uh, January is, is a beginning of the year. August is kind of the beginning of our school year. And so we know some of you are back this year for school. The dream God put in our hearts is for, vict for victory is too big for one person to accomplish. We need your help. We're a team. And we're asking you to let God use your influence, your resources, and your unique personality to help build the church. Yeah, some of y'all who thought, you know, I'm too quirky to be used here. We need your quirky personality. We need your uniqueness. We need your age. We need your uh, background. We want you to be part of what God is doing here. This is your year to get involved by attending, giving, praying. Come on, prayer works, War Room. Anyone seen that new prayer movie, War Room? If you haven't, you should go see it. But I'm telling you, prayer sets the atmosphere in this church. If you want to join the prayer team, man, we need your prayers. I think prayer precedes revival. So you can get involved this year by praying, by connecting, serving, inviting others to church, and then helping us raise up disciples who are fully devoted to Christ. Together, we can change the world by committing to be part of God's big vision through our local church, Victory. Will you help us love in Christ, yours truly? And at the bottom of that card is a line for you to sign your name and then stick this in your wallet, stick it in your purse, stick it in your office desk, and just think about it, pray about it. Okay, to the best of my ability, I'm gonna commit to help build the church this year. I'm gonna help, I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna change up kind of what I've been doing. I'm gonna invite people, I'm gonna sow when I can, I'm gonna make a plan to sow, I'm gonna make a plan to get involved some way. It's amazing what happens when you become part of God's local church. 
when you get involved in it. I want to give you a chance to give today. At the end of your row, there's offering envelopes. We're going to take our offering right now and, and receive God's offering. We celebrate what happened with Victory Bible College housing. We celebrate what God's going to do this school year. We celebrate how the church has been growing. It's been a year being your pastor, and we're just getting started. We're just getting started. I had a lady come up to me last week. She said, you look really young to be our pastor. <laughs> and I said, I am really young, but I'm, that means you got me for another 40 years. She goes, that's good because my other pastors, they died. I need somebody to do a funeral for me. And I was like, I got you covered, but let's pray that Jesus comes back or you live long and you prosper. But listen, I'm here. We are here at 7700 South Lewis to build God's church in Tulsa and around the world. God's been stirring vision in my heart. And as you're passing the envelopes, one of the things God spoke to me is this year to really just strengthen the foundation. Just keep our church getting healthy and strong. We're going to do some cool things with men's ministry this year, some cool things with women's ministry. God's even given me some campus ideas for our church to plant some campuses. But I can't share all those details with you yet because I'm not at liberty by the Holy Spirit to share it with you. One thing I will share with you, for those of you who have been looking for like an acoustic type of church experience, God laid this on my heart about six months ago. I've been talking with our board, our lead team about it, and this is the time. We're going to launch it the first weekend of October. We're going to start a Sunday morning, 8.30 a.m., chapel service in the first floor chapel. It's going to be lighter, brighter, and tighter. It's going to be about an hour and five-minute service. You're going to hear the same sermon I would preach at the 9 or the 11 or the Saturday night. And for those of you that are looking for that, I know that's not all y'all because I need some of y'all to stay strong right here in the 11 a.m., rocking this service, building this service, reaching people from around the city. But for some of you that like to wake up at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m., you could come, enjoy that service, or maybe you know a person that, that's been looking for that acoustic type of worship. It's going to be an acoustic guitar. It's going to be a, a lighter service. There's going to be a sunlight shine through the, the windows of our first floor chapel. And so we'll be launching that the first weekend of October, uh, just a few weeks after Dr. Rutland speaks, which we're excited he's coming back to speak that weekend in September. But good things are happening. Tonight, Dave Reaver is going to be preaching. If you've never heard Dave Reaver, he's a war veteran and uh, got saved, has an incredible testimony, should have died from a grenade that blew off in his face. And he lived through it, became one of the world's greatest motivational speakers that talks about Jesus Christ changing his life. So he'll be here tonight at 6 p.m. And as you're filling out those envelopes, I want to pray this morning over your seed because I know you have needs in your life. You're believing God for miracles. You're believing God for college money. You're believing God for a house to sell. You're believing God for a house that you can buy. You're believing for the bills to be paid at the end of the month. Some of you as singles and single, parent, single parents in the room, you're believing for just financial help from God, from heaven. Lord, I pray right now over every seed that's being sown that as we sow into your local church, into your kingdom come, God, that you're able to take care of the needs that we have in our life. God, you are faithful. You said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things that you need would be added unto you. God, I thank you that you are faithful to supply seed to the sower. And Lord, this morning, I speak blessing over every person in this room, young and old. God, I thank you, Jesus, that your favor would be on them. Lord, that you would cause them to shine radiantly in their workplaces. Give them promotions, God. I thank you this year that they get open doors and opportunities. And Lord Jesus, that you provide supernaturally for them. In Jesus' name, amen.